Hey, welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearson. So glad to have you in the house today. House today, And I want you to know you're always welcome in this house because you're always welcome in the house of faith. There is a place for you in this family and we welcome you into it today. We're gonna get right back into the word of God today. So if you can, if you're where you can, get your Bible, maybe get something to write with, take some notes. If you're driving, don't do that. Just listen, that's okay. We're good with that too. And uh, let's pray, to get, pray today and we're gonna get into the word and find out what God wants to say to us. Lord, we are so thankful to you today. We're so thankful for you. We are so thankful for Jesus and what he has done for us, what he means to us. And Father, we come before your word today with open eyes and ears, with an expectant heart, ready to understand more from your word today. And I believe that the anointing on your word will do in our lives what only your word can do, which is change us from the inside out. So Father, again, we believe we receive today eyes that see Jesus, ears that hear his voice, and hearts that understand who we are in him, who he is in us, And we give you all the praise and thanks for everything you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if if you haven't been with us over the last several weeks, we began a series several weeks ago called In Passionate Pursuit of God. And we've been looking at Psalm 63. I won't take time again today to read the whole Psalm, but let me encourage you to do that because this Psalm is a picture and one of the best ones that I know of, of a person in a passionate pursuit of God, the things of God, the plan of God, just the presence of God. And I don't know if you've ever experienced somebody passionately pursuing you, but it's awesome. (laughs) It's one of the greatest experiences I've ever had. When my wife, Sarah and I, when we first met, it was a whirlwind romance. I think I got to talk a little bit about it on some of the previous broadcasts, but we lived hundreds of miles apart for our entire engagement, but we did everything we could to spend time together. Most of that time was spent over the phone. Some of it was spent uh, as often as we could in person, but I was chasing that girl with everything inside me and she was pursuing me and we were pursuing Jesus and his plan for our lives. And I go back to that as one of the single greatest experiences of my life to know that kind of love. And And you need to know that this is the way God himself has pursued you. But you also need to know and experience what what it's like to pursue him in this way, to passionately pursue the things of God in your life. And we've been in Psalm 63, but we've never been able to get out of verse one. I fully intended to, to do this great exposition on the whole Psalm, but I can't get out of verse one, not even the first half of verse one. So we're gonna hang out there again today. Psalm 63, verse one, David said, God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. That's really what this entire Psalm is about, is about somebody seeking God. If you wanna know what it looks like to seek God, read this Psalm. And I'm talking about seriously seeking him. And we've touched on that in a number of broadcasts now, but being done with the games, quit playing around with God. It's time to seek him and to do it for real, to seriously seek him. Seriously? Yeah, seriously seeking God. That's what he's after. And Jesus himself said, if you seek first, that's what David's saying early, that's what that word means. That reveals what your priority is. You seek first the kingdom of God, everything you need will be added to you. 
And in the book of Hebrews, we read this last week in chapter 11, verse six, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And the reason I bring these two verses up, the one out of Matthew 6, Jesus speaking about seeking the kingdom of God, and this one here in Hebrews 11 about him being a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I want you to begin making the connection between seeking God, that's your part, and prosperity, provision coming in your life, that's his part. Jesus said it, seek first the kingdom, everything you need will be added to you, that's prosperity. Hebrews 11 said it. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That word rewarder literally means somebody who pays a wage. There is a literal physical, or excuse me, not physical, but a natural material financial connotation that's added to that verse there. There is a blessing that comes on your life and it's God's response to you seeking him with everything you've got. And that blessing is greater than just finances, but it certainly includes it. And one of the reasons I bring this up is because I really believe this is part of the assignment on our life in ministry is to continue to serve our generation and teach them how to prosper in God. To teach them that that old religious mindset that God doesn't want you to have anything, or if he does want you to have something, it's not that much. We're gonna have to get rid of that and we're gonna have to get in to the way God thinks about it. And he thinks excessively about everything. So we're going to have to learn to think the way he does. And that's why we're making these connections between seeking God and the provision that we need, the prosperity that requires to to fulfill the plan, the assignment of God on our lives. I want to go back where we left off last week in 2 Chronicles. And I want to look at several several kings here, several of their lives and examples from the word. And uh, I want you, like we said, to continue to make this connection between seeking God and the prosperity that comes as a result of it. It may take us a little bit to get there, and I want to continue talking about what we did last week. Last week's message was called Prepare or Repair. And, And if you didn't hear that, I want you to go get it. Preparing, that's what seeking God is. All that time spent seeking God, that's preparation time. And time spent seeking Him is never wasted time. No matter what kind of hurry you think you're in or you feel like you're in, what kind of pressure you're under right now to make a decision, you are never past the point of seeking God. Seek Him first. Seek Him early and watch what happens. So we're going to keep talking about some of these things. Second Chronicles, excuse me, chapter 14. Look again in verse 2. This is about King Asa. It says, Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God, for he removed the altars of the foreign gods in the high places, broke down the sacred pillars, cut down the wooden images, basically saying the same thing David said, God, you're my God. None of these other things are my God, only you. And in verse four, it says, he commanded Judah, commanded the whole nation to seek the Lord, to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to observe the law and the commandment. Verse seven, therefore he said to Judah, let us build these cities and make walls around them and the towers and gates and bars while the land is yet before us because we have sought the Lord our God. We have sought him and he has given us rest on every side. So they built and prospered. 
But I want you to notice again what they did first. They sought God before they built anything. Seeking always comes first. If you, maybe you've got some great idea for a business, and God's called you to operate your own thing, whatever it is, or your own ministry, your own church, your own family, whatever it is, I'm telling you, no matter how big this thing is in you, no matter how much you desire to get rolling on it, to get started on it, spend time seeking first. Because you will either spend time preparing or you will spend time repairing. The time you don't spend in preparation, you're gonna have to spend it later on. And more time than that, going back, trying to fix what went, what went wrong, trying to redo all the things you should have done the right way the first time. This goes on in verse 11. We didn't get to this last week. I wanna to get to it now. It says in verse 11, well, if you, I guess if you were to read the verses here, eight, nine, and 10, you would see that Judah is about to be under attack from a huge army. And uh, about, a million, about a million soldiers are about to descend on Judah and they've only got 300,000 in their entire army. So 300,000 versus a million are not great odds, but 300,000 and God versus a million? Oh yeah, all day long, man. You can do that, no sweat. That's why in verse 11, Asa cried out to the Lord his God and said, Lord, it's nothing for you to help, whether with many or with those who have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest. That's a key word. It's come up twice already. We rest on you. That's what seeking God will cause you to do. It will cause you to rest. Like I said, when everybody else is in a panic, in a frenzy, trying to build something, trying to gain something, and that's what a need will do in your life. The, even just the basic necessities, when you don't have them, they, they try to demand your attention in such a way that you start seeking the need, like Jesus said the Gentiles do. They seek all the things. But if you'll stop and seek God and learn to just rest in Him, He'll add to you what you need. I've got a great story to tell you about this, but let's, let's finish reading this. He said, whether with many or with those who have no power, you're able to do this, Lord. Help us, O Lord, our God, for we rest on you. And in your name, we go against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Sounds just like what David said. Do not let man prevail against you. So in the next several verses, God went to work, man. He struck this entire army. Now they went out to fight them, but God fought on their side. He struck down this whole army and it was so devastating to them. And in verse 14, it says, they defeated all the cities around Gerar for the fear of the Lord came upon them and plundered all the cities for there was exceedingly much spoil in them. Now remember, they sought God way back here. They started off by seeking God. They were seeking God when no army was attacking them. They were seeking God when there was just nothing but rest in the land and all they had to do was just build up walls. They were seeking God way back then. But when they came under attack, they continued to seek him and that seeking caused them to rest in him. And God not only fought for them, not only did they win, they won so big that there was exceedingly much spoil. That word spoil means all the treasure, all the silver, all the gold, all the valuables. Remember, we're talking about this connection between seeking God and prosperity. 
But what came first, the prosperity or the seeking? Seeking every time. You're going to prepare or repair. Let me read a couple of verses to you out of the book of Proverbs. Well, here, I've got them on my phone here. Let me just read them to you. If I can find it. This is out of the book of Proverbs, chapter 21. We're talking about spending that time seeking. Listen to what Proverbs 21, verse 5 says in the New King James. It says, the plans of the diligent, remember, diligently seeking God, the plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty. Well, that's prosperity. If you look around and you've got you've got everything you need and you've got more than enough to meet your own need. You've got plenty. And he said, it's the plans of the diligent that lead surely to plenty. But those of everyone who is hasty, surely to poverty. So there's a difference here that he's painting between prosperity and poverty. And the difference was the person who diligently planned The difference between their prosperity and somebody else's poverty was the the person in poverty moved too quick. Anybody who's hasty, it leads surely to poverty. Now, I want you to keep connecting all these things. We're talking about rest, resting in God. We're talking about prospering in God, but all of it is connected to our seeking him. In Proverbs chapter 29, verse 20, it says, do you see a man hasty? In his words, there is more hope for a fool than for him. Some guy that just just too quick to speak, speaks too soon, just whatever comes to his mind flies out of his mouth. The Bible says there's more hope for a fool than there is for him. I'm talking to you today about not moving too quickly. Are you familiar with the phrase, slow your roll? <laughs> just slow down. Sometimes in God, you've got to just slow down. Jesus exemplified this in his ministry on more than one occasion. They came to him and said, uh, uh, Lazarus, whom you love is sick and you need to go to him. And you know what Jesus did? Nothing for like two days, just stayed in the same place. What is that? He's just seeking God, just seeking the father. He doesn't go until he hears the word go. That's seeking. And you might think, Jesus, you're wasting time. You've got to get to him. But listen to me, friends. Time spent seeking God is never wasted time. Slow down. Slow down. Wait on the Lord. Don't be too quick to move. Make your plans in him. Let him devise the plan. Seek him and plan plan based on what comes out of that time spent seeking him. And if you'll do that, you can rest in it. I told you I had a great story for you. A couple of years ago, Sarah and I and our ministry team, we went to England, Manchester, England. We'd been invited to minister in a conference at a church there. Some of our great friends, Joel and Evie Toller, who pastor Faith Life Center there in Manchester, We'd been invited to go minister in their church. Well, in the days leading up to the ministry time, we were 
going around. We were seeing stuff. We took the train one day from Manchester down to London. And uh, before we left that day, you know, in the hotel room, packing up my backpack, classic tourist walking around London with my backpack and my camera. And Sarah said, you make sure you take your passports. I think you're supposed to have them all the time. Stuck the passports in the backpack, took the train to London, had a great day. Jumped on the train coming home late that night, back to Manchester, like 11 o'clock or midnight. The next morning, Saturday morning, we're getting up, getting ready to go uh, minister and have tea, because that's what you do when you're in England, you have tea. And we had tea with uh, a bunch of ministers, pastors from around the area, some from Ireland and other places. And as I was getting ready to head out of the hotel that morning, I opened my backpack to pull out my passports and they were gone. I couldn't find them anywhere. Sarah, have you seen our passports? No, I haven't seen them. I'm calling the rest of the guys on the team. Have you seen our passports? Do you have them? No, they didn't have them. And so it came time to leave for tea. And I'm looking all over the room. I go to tea with these pastors and I'm sitting there very nicely talking to them. But what's on my mind the whole time are these passports. I can't get home without them. We got two little ones at home and we can't get back to see these guys without these passports. And so finally, it was so bothering me that I I finally just said, I had to say to the pastors, we've been there a couple hours with them. Love you, bless you, I gotta go. And I was walking back to the hotel and I'm thinking, where are those passports? Where are those passports? And I I will never forget this. I reached out to grab the entry door of that hotel and the front door was a double door and the handles were these two long chrome cylinders. I'll never forget this. As soon as I reached out to grab it, I heard the Lord speak to me on the inside. Just very simply said this, before you start looking, sit down and pray. Before you start looking, sit down and pray. Okay, so I I go in, I take the elevator up, I go in the room. Before you start looking, sit down and pray. Okay. I sit down on the edge of the bed and I'm like, okay, uh, thank you, Lord, for bringing me my passports back. Um, Angels, go out and get them, bring them back to me. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's it. That's all I prayed. I was so panicked. I I started tearing that room apart, man. I'm looking in drawers. I'm pulling out every drawer. I pulled out every item of clothing out of my suitcase, out of Sarah's suitcase. I emptied that backpack, turned it inside out, stripped the bed sheets, (laughs) uh, threw over the mattress. It's nowhere. I tore that room apart looking for it. We had a little kitchenette in that hotel room. We walked out there. We're looking in the kitchen. By that time, the rest of the team had come back. They're like, did you find it? And I said, no, it was mine and Sarah's passports. And they were gone. Couldn't find them. Wondered if maybe I'd lost them in London. So I tell one person on the team, they're calling the embassy in London. Another person on our team, we walked back to the train station, panicked, looking for them, not in lost and found. And my buddy who was from there, he said, look, If somebody finds them there, especially somebody who works for public transportation, like the train or something, they're required by law to cut them. It prevents identity theft or something. I don't know. I'm like, well, that's great news. Thanks. Get back to the hotel. Our team has an appointment for us in London at the embassy on the day we're supposed to leave and go home. We don't know if we're going to be able to get out. I'm so frustrated. By this time, we've spent hours looking for them. Finally, I went back to the hotel room and I finally did what he really told me to do. 
hours before, before you start looking, pray. And I don't think he meant some flippant, yeah, 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 prayer. So I just sat down on the bed and I rested. And I just said, Lord, I just trust you. I just ask you to bring those back to me. And I reached down and grabbed my phone. And to this day, I still don't know why I did this. I opened my phone to check Twitter. I don't know why. I'm not looking for my passports on Twitter. Just going to look at Twitter. And I open it and I have a message there. And I open that message and it's from some guy I don't know. And the message is, Jeremy, did you lose passports because I found them on a train in Manchester, mate? (laughs) That's what his message to me said. And I started flipping out. And I looked at it and that message was sent to me at five o'clock in the morning, the night before. I contacted this guy back. First, I run into the hotel room, the the living area where the rest of our team is sitting. I'm flipping out. This guy found him. I don't know how he found him. I don't know what in the world, but he found him. He found him. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I was so excited and ended up contacting the guy. And he told me, he saw our passports. He worked for the train, the public transportation there in Manchester. But instead of cutting them, he just took it upon himself He sent us a Facebook message, but because I never check it, I have no idea to this day. I've never seen that message. Then when we didn't reply there, he created a Twitter account. He Googled me, saw that I was on Twitter, created a Twitter account just so that he could message me to ask me if I lost my passports. And we ended up meeting. I blessed him with some money. And he's like, oh, no, I don't want that. I was like, take this. And it's like, you are a gift from God and an answer to prayer. But man, the Lord really used that as an illustration to show me. He's like, look, I found them before you ever even knew they were lost. That's why I tried to get you just to go sit down and rest. Instead, I spent all that time panicked. Two of the worst hours of my life, (laughs) just just cold sweat, stomach in knots, not knowing if I'm going to be able to get home from England back to my babies. And all the while, the Lord's like, I've got them. I've got them and I've got you. Sit down. What would have been better? Seeking first or looking first? Seeking first or panicking later? No, seeking always comes first. But because I wouldn't just slow down. I know this is a simple message today, but it's just simply this. Slow your roll. Don't be quick to move. If you get this knowing on the inside that the Lord wants to talk to you before you step out, before you make a move, before you start looking, before you start building, slow down and listen. If you're looking for something, you might find out that He found it before you ever knew it was lost. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. 
You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.